Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Ah, yeah, we have a fantastic episode for you today with a brilliant and very fun guest. Country music singer Walker Montgomery joins the show. Walker Montgomery grew up in Kentucky, steeped in country music heritage. As a son of John Michael Montgomery and nephew of Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry, Walker lives up to that heritage and then some. His self-penned song, Simple Town, which was the title track of his debut EP, has already reached more than 3.6 million streams on Spotify. The success garnered him a deal with Play It Again Music, owned by celebrated songwriter Dallas Davidson, who penned and produced Walker's Play It Again Music debut single, Like My Daddy Done It. Off the heels of his highly acclaimed debut with Play It Again, Walker released Saving for a Rainy Night, which is co-written by Davidson alongside Ashley Gorley and Kyle Fishman. Walker has upcoming shows in Illinois, Wisconsin, and Florida. He's been incredibly busy, and we were honored that he took time to stop by and chat with us. On today's episode, Walker reflects on what it was like in not just a musical household, but being the son of a famous musician. Walker also discusses the writing process for his songs and how he overcame all the challenges of 2021. This was an incredibly fun conversation. I think me and Walker hit it off immediately. He has a great singing voice and a fantastic personality. And before our interview kicks in, we're going to play a sample of Out of Nowhere, Walker's newest single. Excited for today's episode. We bring it to you from Louis Armstrong, New Orleans International Airport, MSY. First time in New Orleans, first time at Louis Armstrong Airport. Fun fact, the second lowest lying international airport in the world, only behind Amsterdam. Later for everyone to meet Walker, we'll first hit you with a sample of his newest single, Out of Nowhere, and our conversation will follow immediately after that. So let's go ahead and welcome to the show, Walker Montgomery, and let's learn. Scrapers that we built come in the form of a water tower Them cops hide right behind the sign But they drive 25 miles an hour Ain't on a map if you blink Then you miss it Yeah, we know what it is and what it isn't Cause we come out of nowhere That you never heard of We ain't burning blacktop No, we kicking bird up Shotgun shooting stop signs Red line, red and red lights Know who made the moon And no them turn rows with that corn grows and we turn it into that whiskey if you're wondering why we live the way we live it cause we come out of going on brother what's up man are you in you're in cleveland no i, I got back uh okay. yeah so that was a quick turnaround for the first time going to nashville in about two weeks i got I haven't, haven't been to the city yet so it'll be the first time in the city for me hey man it's, it's a good old time nashville drunk's a different experience <laughs> hey man i'm not far off though because i'm i'm from scottsdale arizona and scottsdale arizona drunk is is we're on that level too Man, I've heard I've heard Arizona's a wild place. Scottsdale's great. If you if you're a baseball guy, get out here for spring training, and it's it's wild. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, dude. I'd I'd love to. I love I love baseball. I'm an Indians fan. Okay. I guess I'm a Guardians fan now, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah, man. So I I I love love myself some Cleveland sports. Hey man, well I appreciate you having me on. Once I looked at a podcast, I was like, Well, I've done some traveling. I could probably <laughs> I could probably talk about it, you know, in my position, especially when you're younger and trying to get, you know, up and coming and stuff like that. You never really get to look back on the uh on the experiences that you've had because you're always just looking for the next one you're looking for the next town and you never really get to think about you know man what was Dothan Alabama like you know it's a really good point man that's a really yeah. good point like I think you're always grinding like give me that next give me that next day yeah. next whatever and it's important yeah. to, to reflect I'm curious for you what were your earliest musical experiences and you remember the first time you picked up a guitar yeah, man. I mean, you know, I was, I guess I kind of had a unique musical experience because mm -hmm. my dad was in the industry, my uncle yeah. was in the industry and stuff like that. So I was around it all from a very young age, you know, ever since I can remember. But it really didn't, you know, I was playing sports and stuff. I was playing football and, and basketball and whatever else was available at school and stuff like that. So I really didn't think about it other than like choir or something like that. But, uh, once I got into high school and I mean, look at me, you know, I'm, I'm like six, two, I'm not the most athletic guy in the room. So throwing a football is not going to get me very far and shooting a basketball definitely ain't going to get me too far. So I had to figure something out. Yeah. So I picked up a guitar and, and, uh, you know, started kind of doing shows around shows. I call them, you know, little gigs, honky tonks and bars and restaurants around Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, it, it was just, I got bit with the bug, man. And I was probably 16, 15, something like that. I remember I just started driving. So uh, that was really my first meaningful memory of music when I first picked up a guitar and was like, all right, well, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what's it like growing up in a musical family? Because I know for many musicians that I speak to, parents are the first people influence, like the first song you ever hear, the first album, first yeah. concert. It's always influenced by the parents. And for you, that was multiplied because your dad was in the industry. Yeah, it, it was, it was fun, man. You know, I had, I, we had a lot of cool experiences when we met a lot of great people. And, you know, some people think that these celebrities are just larger than life and they're just regular people. It just so happens that they can sing. But uh, it, it was fun. I was blessed because really my, relationship with both uncle Eddie and my dad mm -hmm. had nothing to do with music. Cool. And it was just like, all right, well, this is dad. This is uncle Eddie and whatever problems I have in life, I can go to him. And, mo and most of the time it's probably not going to be music. And it was, it was just normal to me. I'm sure yeah. from the outside looking in, people were like, that's, that's wild. Cause yeah. you know, dad worked on the weekends instead of most dads working on the week. But uh, no, man, it was it it was good. But like I said, my my dad and I's relationship developed into a non musical form. Yeah, is there any extra pressure because of that? You take the stage, and people might already have a certain assumption of yeah of, of what they want you to be. You know, man, people say that, but it I've never felt the pressure because cool. I I think I've always kind of looked at it. My dad's songs were so good to stand alone, mm -hmm. that that's just what I'm looking for. I'm looking for my own songs to be, be good enough to stand alone. So I'm not, you know, when I first got to town, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm John's son and all that stuff. And then I released a song called like my daddy done it. 
And it was just like, man, there's no hiding from it. Why not embrace it? Yeah, and I think you especially know, in country music, there are so many legacy artists that do follow yeah. in family footsteps as well. Yeah, but it's, but you know, a lot of people are like, oh man, you know, it's, it's easier having a famous dad or whatever like that. And it's just like, you know, I mean, it's not, it's the same, man. You got to go through the, through the same grind. Yeah. Well, you mentioned when you first started out, you're performing everywhere and that's when you first got the bug. And I know you've performed at a variety of events and everything. There's probably no like set normal event for you. So because of that and things are always changing, how do you get yourself in the right mindset to perform? Man, it's, it's just, I, I try not to think about it really, I guess. I don't, I really don't think about it. You kind of stumped me on that one. It's just, you got to go do your job, man. And we're lucky enough to call it, you know, we get to dick around on a stage for two hours and call it work so it's hard like you got to be trying to not have fun man and i don't care if there's five people in the crowd or five thousand or five hundred it doesn't it just doesn't really matter to me man i i'm just the most blessed person in the world so that's just my mindset on it all Are there anything you do additionally to performing the song to develop that relationship or that trust with a location when you get there and you because it is a relationship with the crowd you're trying to have that vibe and yeah. trying to experience it. What else do you do outside of just the actual song? Well, I mean, like you said, it's the crowd. You know, if there's a special crowd, like we were playing someplace in uh, in Florida last uh, crap fr last Friday, and in uh, it was I don't know someplace in Florida called called the Stockyard, and it was my first in my mind successful hard ticket really venue because about 600 500 people came up or came out and they had to pay ten dollars to see me and uh that that means a lot to me man because they spent their hard working money to come see my songs i'm sure that maybe even half of them just wanted a place to drink but they found out who i was and they stayed and they looked me up and they learned my songs and they took pictures bought t-shirts that is what kind of makes the connection with a certain venue or a certain crowd to me because that, I mean, I'd tear up just thinking about it, man. Cause it's just, it's a special, it's a special thing, man, especially for the artists. You know, you go out, you grind, you play crappy little bars and stuff with five people there and, and playing covers and stuff like that. And then once that happens to you, it's almost, it just, it helps. It, it makes it worth it. You know, it 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 pay it shows that what you're doing is paying off. Yeah, they paid to hear my voice. Like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's wrong with these people, man? <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned maybe they just wanted a place to drink, and it brings me to one of my favorite songs of yours, "Bad Day to Be a Beer." Where'd that creation of the track come from? And then for you, when you're writing a song, do you like schedule quote creativity, or you just wait for inspiration to hit? Well, most of the time, you know, you got your phone and or a piece of paper or whatever, and you just write down ideas or something in your notes uh, app. But I actually didn't write that song. But it's funny because, you know, my boss, Dallas Davidson, who is my songwriting hero, and it's still surreal that I've, I'm working for him, and I've been working for him for two years now. But when I was in college, I joined a fraternity, Sigma Chi. Mm. And every Saturday, or catter day is what we call it, because yeah. we're the Wildcats, we'd uh wake up and say it's a bad day to be a beer and then we would you know continue to slay beers until the sun went down yeah. and uh i heard that song and i was just like 
dad gum the idea was originally it's a bad day to be a bud light and then they came up with with the idea and i was like i gotta cut it and i think it was on hold for luke bryan actually at the time and then he took it off hold and i was like it's mine it's mine i don't care what y'all do yeah. it's i'm recording that that song but it's just it's a fun song man and it related to me in a in a way that you know wasn't too deep but it still kicked off that that memory of you know waking up at the frat house and it's a bad day to be a beer so i just knew i had to cut it and it's been doing really well man is the beer of choice still bud light no, no. Uh, my beer, my favorite beer is Budweiser. Okay. And Bud Heavy, man. That's and uh, Bud Heavy makes me heavy, but I still love it. My fraternity days, Bud Light was the bougie beer. We were down with the Keystone and the Natural Light. That's what got us through the yeah. fraternity years. Man, I've <laughs> always been the the guy. Like, if I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna drink what I want. So I might, I might not drink a weekend and save up for the next weekend so I can buy that case of Budweiser instead yeah. of the case of, you know, Natty Ice or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just like Budweiser. I don't know, man. It's something about the taste that I'm like, this is, this is it, man. As you've evolved, how much do you enjoy the songwriting process when you can actually see something go from maybe just a little small idea that you had to where it can flourish into a full song? It's a, man, it's an experience like no other. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I just got my first cut on, I actually got two cuts in the same day, one on my uncle, uh, which is fun. Yeah. And then a guy named Adam Sanders is cutting a song that we wrote called, uh, well, actually I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it, uh, I'll tell you after the recording, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's another one of those things that it kind of makes you realize where you're like, Oh, what I'm doing is paying off. Yeah. And, uh, it's just fun to see something that, you might have thought you've had you've been hanging on to an idea for a year or something. You're like, oh, that's stupid. That's never gonna get written. And then it gets written, and then it gets cut. It's just a cool experience, and I don't really know how to explain explain it until it happens. Yeah, kind of another one of those things of like, wow, people are paying not only to come hear me, but they're also paying to hear my thoughts, paying to hear my emotions and feelings. Yeah, man. Yeah. Earlier, you were talking about how you don't really get a chance to really reflect back on some of the performances. So now let's 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 do that. Let's look back on some of your shows. So thus far in your career, which are the ones that that make you most proud that you still think back and say, "Man, that was that was a great gig." Man, there's been a few. Uh, Kentucky's, you know, I live in Nashville, but Kentucky's still home base, and that's where my people are and stuff. This year, we sold out Fourth Street Live in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was, you know, we didn't play for a year. I didn't have a show in Kentucky for a year because of COVID and stuff. And that was really a, a special moment for me just to come to back to my home state. And it's still, it's, you know, still see the people are singing along. And I released songs that I've never played in front of people before because of COVID, because we had, didn't have a chance. And I saw them singing along to that, to that, to those songs too, man. But uh, that's definitely one of them. Uh, we're playing Tortuga in November, Ooh. so I'm thinking that might be that might be a uh, yeah a really special one. That Manchester Music Hall in Lexington, Kentucky, is my favorite place to play. I don't care if I could be the biggest artist in the world, man, and I still want to go back and play that 1,200 person venue, man. Yeah, that's incredible. And Tortuga, you got me on mind. I'm starting to think about dates. Can I make it work? Can I get out there for that? That uh... is, I think it's November 14th or something like that. Yeah. 
But well, uh, you, it's going to be wild, man. I'll tell you that much. You talked about just not being able to perform. So how'd you handle the last the last 18 months of all the, mostly all the, the ups and downs and uncertainty that you had? Because especially as a performer, you didn't have the opportunity to perform. So how'd you handle all just the emotional challenges? Man, I think that every artist at some point in their career, whether it's early on or in the middle or at the end, wonders what their life without music would be like. Mm. And I figured it out last year. And wow. it sucks. And music is my passion, man. And like I said, we get to go, you know, mess around on stage for two hours and call it work. So last year I figured out what my life was like without music. And it's just not, it's not the same, man. I'm sure I'd figure out something to do. I'm sure I'd still love my life, but it's, it's, there would always be that piece missing without yeah. music. And so that's how I handled it. I might've gone a little crazy, but I think everybody else did too. But you also did something else cool over the last 18 months. You decided you're going to be productive outside of music and you went back to school for a degree. Yeah, I went back to school, went back to school and I've been working on cars, man, stuff like, so I've, I've, I've been uh, keeping my mind occupied, but yeah. it's, uh, it's still, you know, music, music's still the number one thing, man. Yeah. Well, what do you feel with, with everything that happened with music? You find the kind of the reappreciation of music and, and doing other things like school and working on cars and everything. With all that, what do you feel is the biggest life lesson you've picked up over the last 18 months? Man, I'll tell you what. Pe people ask me, like, man, what you been up to? And I say, busy, or they've been, you know, ask if I've been busy and stuff like that. I said, yeah, I'm worn out, man, but I'm never going to complain about it again. Yeah. And uh, that that's probably the biggest life lesson is, is just quit complaining, man. You ain't got it too bad. And, uh, and that, I think that goes for everybody, you know, there's, it goes back to that kind of saying, there's always somebody worse off, man. And, uh, it's just, you know, if I get mad or frustrated, I've kind of learned to just kind of sit down, look around and be like, all right, I, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of being a sissy right now. I just, I don't need to be complaining about this or mad about this. It's just not that big a deal. Yeah. Well, it's also been a very big couple months for you because you now can say that UK is a football school, not just a basketball school. It's also a football school. It's been a great season so far. So what's it like being a, a UK football fan now? Hey, so I never really cared about basketball. Okay. And that's a, that's a sin, man. But uh, I think Cal's the best recruiter in the world, but I think he's not that good a coach. <laughs> and uh, because with all the talent that he's had, he should have won five national championships by now. And I get it's hard, whatever. But so my I've always been a football guy. My granddad and I got season tickets when in 2007, the wild year, and we didn't miss but three games until I think 2017, and that's when I or maybe even 2018, and that's when I started going out on the road and stuff like that. So we've always kind of been obsessed with football, and we always would stay to the end. We were there when it was pouring down, and we got blown out by Vandy, 40 to zero, and stuff like that. But I. It's good. It's good to see uh, the program really take another step, man. And uh, I know Mark. Mark's we text all the time, and Mark's a good buddy of our family. And it's just Lexington's a special place, man. The University of Kentucky is a special place. So it's good to finally have that football program to be proud of and have a have a competitive uh, edge to it, man. If we win a big game, I'll go to State Street and part of my ass off. But it's just – I don't know, man. I've always been a football guy. I'm from the South, man. We should be football people. Is it the Browns for you? Yeah, I'm a Browns fan. 
And uh, I love Baker Mayfield, but, you know, Tim Couch went there. He's a Kentucky football player, number one pick. My granddad was a Browns fan. But growing up in Kentucky, we don't have any professional sports teams. So it's either the Titans, Cincinnati, or Cleveland. So you're going to end up drinking either way. So I just chose uh, – I chose – the Cleveland. You, you know? chose the one that makes you drink the most with Cleveland. Which yeah, would, I guess so. Across, like across all time, sports. Man. Yeah, across yeah. all the sports, too. You don't even have to. Don't even get me wrong. I mean, it's just bad. <laughs> so what we got next, man? What's coming up? I know you got Tortuga coming up in November. Anything else, other events we should be aware of? Uh, well, I just signed with Red Light Management. Uh, that's a big deal for me. It's, it's pretty special. I got Enzo DiVincenzo uh, and Sean McSpadden managing me co-managing me now enzo does parker mccollum lee bryce uh sean mcspadden does uh laney wilson and stuff like that so that's that's a big step in my career and they're just great they're great folks man uh probably an ep coming out early next year if not an ep definitely some singles that might turn into an ep but uh shows are popping up on the books for 2022 already so we're going to be on the road we're going to be out having a good time and everything. So just keep, stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram, Walker Montgomery, blue check mark. If it doesn't have the blue check mark, it's probably some weirdo in his basement in his underwear. So, well, that was me. Uh, that was me. That yeah, was how yeah. I first was <laughs> able to reach out right to there. you. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got, we got shows coming up in November and they're all available on walkermontgomery.com. Uh, hey, get out here to Arizona. We'd love to see you out here. I need to, man. I, I would love to come on out. Before I let you go, man, I making my first trip to Nashville coming up. What do I got to do? What, hitting the city for the first time. What's your recommendation? So people ask that. They're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down. What are, what's like something the locals do? And I'm like, stay home. <laughs> and because like I've got my place. Go check out Burger Republic. Okay. Burger Republic in the Gulch. That's my place. I'm like, you, you ever seen the TV show Cheers? Yeah. Yeah. Norm from Cheers. That's how I am at Burger Republic, man. Wonderful. They all know my name. They know my order. They know my drink and stuff like that. That's about the only place that I really go to unless it's like, you know, a football game or something like that and I'm going out with some buddies or something like that. But uh, go, go to Midtown. You got to check out Broadway just to see what it's like. It's dirty, but it's fun. Uh, smells like people from Milwaukee. So it's uh, – but it, it's a good town, man. You can't go wrong. Tell me then, what is your burger order over there? I'll get the same. I get a Tennessean, so it's like three patties, and it's soaked in Jack Daniels and stuff. It's the only way I can I can consume Jack Daniels <laughs> because man, I just get wild. Woo! I, wow! I, sign me up. I'll get it. I'll I'll let you know. Come on! <laughs> Appreciate you having me on, bro. Well, best of luck, man. I hope to chat again. But yeah, now I'm gonna follow follow your career, and hopefully, if you get out here to Arizona, or, or I'll get out to one of your shows back in the south. Yeah, man. Hey, hit me up when you're in Nashville because I don't know if I'm gonna be in town, but if I am, I'll probably see you at the br hey man, man. Well, hey i appreciate you having me on man i really do cool well my man i hope we chat again but thanks for today no doubt man right. thank you see ya. thank you thank you thank you for listening much appreciation to my man walker hope to see you on stage soon and thank you for the great advice for nashville for more information be sure to follow him on social media and also visit walkermontgomery.com for a list of his upcoming tour dates my new book Curiosity is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, 
curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.